0: Welcome to episode number 61. As a lot of you know, I recently did a live stream episode of Direct Connections with Johnny Mopar as my co-host, and we were joined by a group of our pals to talk Mopars. We had some great participation in the chat with folks here in the U.S. as well as from around the world. It was a blast, and the experiment of a live stream podcast was a complete success in my eyes. You know, there's a couple little bugs to work out and whatnot, but it was great. It was really fun, and I can't wait to do more. And... Now that the live stream has been out for a minute in video form on the Mopar Hunter Facebook page, I think it's time to release it as a two-part podcast. So this episode will be part one of two for the Direct Connections live episode, and that's going to give me a couple weeks to enjoy the holidays with my family and to also get in the garage and work on my own projects. So I suppose you could consider the next couple of weeks my little holiday break, but I do have another Direct Connections episode planned with a guest to be announced soon, so more on that. And that episode will likely be live streamed and released again at a later date as an episode of the podcast too. So if you missed the live stream that we just did or didn't have a chance to watch it yet or enjoyed it enough to hear it again in podcast form, this is it. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth. And I'm your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopars, Direct Connections.
1: You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar.
0: Okay, folks, before I kick off the live stream audio, I have to warn you, that we had some bugs and some glitches during the live stream. And once I started listening to the audio files, I realized that my audio was complete garbage. Now, I sat there and I was like, how, do, how is that even possible? What happened? And then I realized that it is possible that instead of picking up the audio through my microphone, I forgot to set the settings and... Instead, the audio from me was picked up through my webcam, which would be complete garbage audio. So I think that's what the issue was. So I apologize for the poor sound quality. I hope you can still enjoy the episode. Hopefully next time we won't have that problem. And also there are some glitches, some delays... But that's the stuff you deal with when you do a live stream. So we're working these kinks out. Please bear with us, folks. It was a good episode, and there's no one to blame for the quality besides myself. Um, I knew these kind of issues would happen live streaming, and we're just going to have to move forward and see what happens on the next one and keep fine-tuning as we go. But here is Talking Mopar's Direct Connections live with myself, Johnny Mopar, and our Mopar friends. We are live. Ladies and gentlemen, it is I, Chris Albrecht, and my good pal, Johnny Mopar, for the first episode of Talking Mopar's Direct Connections Live. I don't know what to expect from this. Johnny and I have zero plans. We're just going to talk Mopars. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven live podcast on planet Earth. And I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter. He is Johnny Mopar, my friend, and this is Talking Mopars, Direct Connections, live. Johnny, we're here, buddy. How you doing, Chris? Good, good. Live and in the flesh. Oh I uh, I was saying that uh, people like car crashes, and I'm sure this is going to be a car crash. So, <laughs> on my part, not on yours, Johnny. Um, it's all good. We're just going to hang out and talk Mopars like we always do. So... You know, yeah, I don't, know.
2: I don't know if you know this or not, but I've been a passenger in a car crash before. Or Yes,
0: yes, that was an epic story, and you survived. Yeah, and I, I I, I'm pretty sure you're going to survive this one too, Johnny.
2: <laughs> I'm hopeful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what's been up, man? What have you been up to?
2: Oh, not much. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of stuff, I guess. On the Mopar front, I've been working on the duster, trying to get the alignment squared away on the car trying to check off those boxes so I can get the thing ready for the track you know Um, and then let's see I I brought I got my d100 back from uh, from Dennis McKay buddy mine so I I have a lower d100 again so that's cool happy about that
0: awesome yeah I saw that and I was like oh he got it back for some reason I didn't realize you had gotten rid of it but your circle yeah. of Mopars is so big that I can't keep track of them all. <laughs> and so far, we have Hemi Bill has showed up. Braden up, from Sixty Six Salvage Restoration Speed Shop is up. What's up, buddy? And of course, Big Blocks here, Matt Monroe. What's up, buddy? Thanks for joining us. All, oh, how many people are in here? Twenty-eight people. Wow. All right. Oh, cool. cool. We have an audience. Australia. <laughs> What, what time is it over? What time is it in Australia right now? That uh, are they? They got to be twelve hours ahead, or is it eight hours? Wow! Uh,
2: what's up, Matt?
0: Matt, Big Block, another awesome podcast. You guys got to check out. Yeah! Wow, this is crazy. I thought for sure no one was going to show up, but you're here. So let's talk Mopars, guys. Johnny. um... So you have this, t- how long have you not had the tin grill?
2: Uh, it's probably been year, year and a half or something like that. I'm thinking maybe two years. I know that uh, my Danish friends, they bought a 78 that I got from Mike Coffee, And okay. uh, when I had that truck here, I had that truck, the power wagon and the, the lower D100 and I had took a picture of all three trucks together. Um I and then my Danish friends haven't been able to come over for you know, well since the covid stuff hit, everything's in lockdown over in Europe. So uh yeah, I think it's at least been a year. But maybe longer.
0: Right on what's done to that one. I know it's slammed. I like I like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I you know, uh Dennis bought that truck originally, so somebody else did all the lowering to it uh it's a little bit of a hack job on the rear end um they tried to bag it i think just for like overload you know like loading the truck with stuff to be able to raise the the ass up on it for the weight um and yeah they they welded tabs and stuff on the rear end for the the bags i took all that crap off because the truck was just bottoming out when (laughs) whenever you hit a bump and stuff uh it Dennis had bought. He had pulled the 360 out of that truck, and actually, Mike Coffee has it now. It's in his bagged uh, A100 van. And Dennis had bought another tin grill that was basically a roached, roached-out truck, but it had a nice 440 in it. When he bought it, the guy said, "It's all built. It's you know, it's good to go. You know, it's got a nice cam in it, but didn't have any specs." So he pulled the drivetrain out of that truck, and when he sold me the lowered one. He gave me the 440 with it. So I did, I dropped the 440 and the 727 into it. So it's got a big block in it. Nice. Um, Yeah, it's nice. It's, it's, it sounds really wicked. I mean, it's got a nice lope to it. (laughs) It's no, it's nowhere near as fast as it sounds, but it's definitely still a cool truck to cruise around in. You know, how fast,
0: how fast is it compared to the plum crazy purple one you had?
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm actually kind of curious. I would kind of like to take this one to the track just to see how it it stacks up against the purple one. Because the purple one was a small block. It was also slow, but it was fun for the uh, you know the street drags and stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I I kind of feels like they're similar. You know, okay. you would think the big block would be a lot faster, but I don't know. It should be, but it's also going to be a couple hundred pounds heavier. So yeah.
0: You know. Yeah, sure. So let me ask you this, Johnny. How far out in the circle of Mopars is it? Because like, if you haven't listened to an episode with Johnny and I before, he talks about all the Mopars he owns and how there's a circle, right, Johnny? How your yep, most sir. important ones are on the inside of the circle and the less important ones are on the outside. So I'm curious yes. where, this, where this tin grill, now that it's back in your hands, where is it at in the circle?
2: Oh, man. Well, so my high school charger you know the hundred dollar car my yeah. dad's a charger my mom's 72 charger those are all in the, the center core um i i'd say it's on equal playing field with the uh the 69 cornet wagon you know i've got the 70 charger from my buddy i still don't have in my possession i would say that's inside of the truck and the 69 charger i picked up would be inside of the the truck. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd I'd call it. We'll say four or five rings out.
0: Okay, not yeah. bad. What's so, up, Brian? What's up, Brian? We got people joining us here, Johnny and Jason says it's four right, p.m. Johnny. Sunday in Australia, and it's a hundred and ten degrees Fahrenheit. That's, Holy crap! That's pretty hot. That's a, that's toasty, man. I got a. Uh, uh, since I'm not sponsored by any beer companies I have my beer sitting in this <laughs> <laughs> this little can protector so uh I'm trying to stay warm in this cold room so Jason send some of that heat over here to the United States please huh. <laughs> yeah um yeah this is going to be fun I like this I can't believe you know 19 people that's that's more than I expected. You know I mean? I expected maybe yeah. uh, two. That's me and Johnny. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks thanks to everybody for joining us. Like I said, we're just going to, you know, shoot this shit. Uh, uncensored, just having a good time. You know, we're not here for a long time, but we're here for a good time. So um, what's up, Blake? Hemi swap the World is in the house. DIYhemi.com. Um, if any of you guys... Now that I think about it, if any of you have headphones or earbuds and have access to a phone or a webcam like what Johnny and I are using, you can actually jump on the chat with us and be seen on screen if you're not nervous. I'm nervous. That's why I'm drinking beer right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, we're just, uh, this is basically just a live episode of the podcast. So like I said, you know, no rhyme or reason, just having a good time. So we're talking Mopars right now. Johnny just got a tin grill back return and you were talking about yours being butchered like the rear suspension you should come see mine <laughs> i <laughs> it's butchered man i uh i reached out to a local guy here that does fabrication he's built some pretty cool stuff and uh, i sent him pictures and he was just you know shaking head he's like look i can fix all of that for you it's going to cost you three grand so i'm not wow. a weld i'm not a welder or fabricator now part of me is thinking you know could I really butcher it more than it's already butchered? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then of uh, course I, I come to my senses and I go, yes, absolutely. You can butcher the hell out of it. So yeah. I'm probably going to end up, uh, saving a little bit of money and having it done. Hemi bill. You have have, Oh, you have headphones and a webcam. Um, let me, uh, I'm going to send you a message over messenger and it's going to have an invite. All right. Let me do that right now. Johnny, keep these people entertained for a second.
2: <laughs> All right, Matt, How's the Duster coming along?
0: Yeah, Hemi Duster. Speaking of Hemi Swap the World. Right? I love it. I love, I love your guys' live, too. That was fun. I watched that. And I, I love the podcast, too. See, there are some podcasters out there that are haters. And they don't like to show love to other podcasts. I'm not like that at all. As a matter of fact, um, I enjoy Matt's podcast, Big Block Garage. And um, there's a, another Mopar podcast, actually, too. So there's there's some podcasts talking about Mopars. I love it. But um, D100 Talk, that one's pretty good.
2: <laughs> I, I did stumble on that one not too long yeah. ago, and I thought, oh, man, this is cool. I,
0: I feel a little weird about it, and let me tell you why. I okay. feel weird because if you listen to every single episode of Talking Mopars, you will see that I may or may not have talked some shit about C-10s. <laughs> now, <laughs> the guy who started D-100 Talk is also the guy who started C-10 Talk, which is one of the biggest, probably the biggest classic truck podcast out there. And I don't, um, I didn't want to start B for anything like that, but he seems like a cool guy. He actually reached out to me, so we're working on something right now. Um, but the podcast is really cool. I've been wanting to cover a bunch of the truck stuff on mine, but the problem and it's not really a problem, but there's just so much to talk about with mopars. I have people hit me up all the time. So like I have a list of stuff. So if they want to cover some of the truck stuff before I get to it, that's fine. I am if if they ever watch this. I still have not heard you guys mention 10 girls. Now maybe I haven't, you know, been paying that close attention, but We need to get talking on some tin grills there, so we'll see if we can make that happen.
2: Yeah. Start that movement. Keep that movement going, right? (laughs) Yeah. Hey, did you see, uh, let's see, Brandon's comment. What do we got? looking looking for his headphones. He's got, uh, he's doing a, dropping a Hemi in his, let's see. Oh, no. Mopar stroker. 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 Yeah,
0: nice. All right. Okay, Hemi Bill, this link's heading your way. So,
2: what's up, Bud Mac?
0: Yeah, Blake, you know uh, the podcast is cool. I don't, I don't mind it. You know, I actually, um, everybody that's been on it has taught me something, so I, I like that because I'm always learning Mopar stuff. So, you know. It's always fun to listen to other people talk about the things you're passionate about instead of you having to talk about yeah. them all the time. So especially when they're your friends, you know, Blake, I love that episode. Um, I actually heard Blake on a podcast long before he was ever on mine. So that was cool. That was actually on um, the Muscle Car Place with Rob, Rob Kibbe. But Let me try resending that, Bill. Resent the link. See if that comes through. All right, Blake, I will send you an invite. We can have up to 10 people on this screen, so wow. let's, try to, let's try to get this happening. Um, Bill, send me a message on Messenger so I can see if you actually got it. My computer is also running really slow. I think the StreamYard is uh, taking up a lot of bandwidth or something, but... Blake, I will send you a link as well.
2: Matt, Matt Monroe.
0: All right. (laughs) What's a party now, guys? (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: I
0: love it.
2: Well, there you go. Let's talk about modern Hemis and, well, A-bodies. I'm curious because, you know, know I bitch and complain about (laughs) A-bodies all the time. I'm not saying I don't like the cars. I love the cars. I have one. But, man, they are a pain in the ass. So how much more or less of a pain in the ass are they dropping a modern Hemi in them?
0: You know, funny enough, I thought that there would be, you know, gobs of room in (laughs) um, an A-body with a modern Hemi. But I saw a couple swaps, and I was like, shit, there's really not much room in those things either. So let's talk to Matt about that. Matt, I'm getting ready to, I'm trying to send you a message right now. This computer's really pissing me off. All right, here we go.
2: Yeah, here's a little segue for you, too. You think A-bodies are bad. C-bodies are about equally as bad. Really? Yeah, you might be surprised, but if if you've ever worked on a C-body, they're like a freaking A-body when it comes to the frame rails. I mean, they're big cars, they're wide, and they have a lot of space in the engine compartment up top,
0: but... There's Hemi Bill. What's up, Bill? What's up, buddy? Not much.
3: Just got the shirt rocking tonight. Nice.
0: Yeah, buddy. Oh, I can God. hear you guys. i too. Nice. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Sweet.
3: And, and I'll so, glare
0: off of glasses, So what were you though. saying about uh, – <laughs> that's all right, buddy. Don't worry about it. What were you saying about the C-bodies, Johnny? That, I always thought they were huge.
2: No, they're – well, between the frame rails, they're tight like an A-body. Okay. With the steering box and the steering column and everything, it's like the engine is right up against all that stuff. and. I, it was funny because I was working on one and uh, I was dropping a 400 into one. And my buddy was like, my buddy John Jones, the guy I got General Mayhem from, he was like, oh, they're just like working on A bodies. And I'm like, holy shit, they are. What the hell? you think they'd all have all kinds of space inside of them, but they don't. They do Big block. Top.
0: Big block in the house.
2: What's up, Matt?
1: What's
0: up, guys? Gosh, this is a. Uh This is gonna be a full house. This is gonna be fun. (laughs) Awesome. So, so continue, Johnny.
2: Oh, that's about it. Just that they're a pain in the butt. I mean, like I said, they have room, but trying to get like headers for them and stuff, you might as well put a body headers made for a bodies on C bodies.
0: You know what car I really want to see in person, and I have not seen one yet, Is uh, in person, is the uh, Fury with the 446. Um, uh, I've heard of them. I don't know what the production is on them, but uh, they're really cool. I, the longer I stay into the Mopars, the longer I find myself looking at sea bodies and going, those are pretty damn cool. I like those things.
2: They are cool. I mean, I've gone through a boatload of them. Uh probably in a bad way. I mean, there's probably going to be some upset people out there, but when I started, you know, young and in, and at just out of high school, SeaBodies bodies were, uh, those were considered donor cars for their big blocks. <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny. I probably went through about six yeah. of them, just ripping their big blocks out of them and junking the cars out before <laughs> I actually got to one and drove it. And, uh, yeah, it was one of my favorite cars once I started rolling one.
0: Um, yeah, you know, I, I think they make great a project cars. Has a... Go it's ahead, a... Bill.
3: Can you guys hear me? Yes,
0: yeah. I can. We can. Hey,
3: I was going to say, a friend of mine has a C8 PIE that is a legit oh. 440 mag 4-barrel 4-speed car, power everything um i've got Holy some shit. photos of it it's a very cool car former police car
0: oh wow that's cool so it's got the big 11-inch brakes and uh oh yeah other it's good got uh,
3: it's got these huge um front disc that are made by bud uh nazi hayes um c oh. front disc four
0: are huge Huh. Blake is trying to get on here. Blake, right. you're you've got the rolling <laughs> circle of death. <laughs> I I kind of figured that tech would be a little bit of an issue depending on how all your guys' internet is, but we're gonna ride with it and we're gonna see what happens. Um it'll be cool. We got Paul tuning in from New New Zealand. Love the show. Thank you, Paul. I love it too. <laughs> um Scott, let's see what Scott has to say. Just remember, if someone wanted to put headers on, the main advice was to pull the engine, lay the headers in, replace the starter, and put the engine back in. That's uh, that's what I've heard with the A-bodies. I haven't done that swap yet. I believe, was it Hemi Bill that was telling me how fun that was going to be? Or was that you, Johnny? One of you guys was telling me how fun it was going to be for me to do a big block A-body.
2: Oh, that was probably me. I th- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm on one of your podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, I, it, right. it wasn't. It wasn't actually hard in my car, I, but I loaded mine in from the bottom. I basically hoisted the car up with a cherry picker, you know those tools that me and my buddy made, and then rolled the 440 and trans underneath the car, and then just lowered it over the top, and it went in like butter. Interesting. It's, yeah, it's kind of the only way to do it. I mean, especially
0: when you're trying to put a big block in an A body. But sure. Speaking of that, big block yeah. putting a big block in an A body. <laughs> or a yeah, Hemi. Uh, a Hemi. A new Hemi. In. The Gen three. How's that going, buddy?
1: Uh it's it's pretty much together. It's sitting over yeah. next to me. Uh nice. you can see the duster and pieces behind me.
0: Yeah, hell yeah.
1: Did. So, <laughs> but uh I'm pretty much gonna do the same thing uh Johnny did is lift up the front, just lower it back down on top and bolt it in.
0: Yeah. Sweet. And Hemi Bill, you've got some uh modern hemi stuff going on, don't you? Mm-hmm. Tell us about that, buddy
3: yeah I've got a Barracuda in the garage i'm 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 looking at my uh background here it looks like I'm the only one that doesn't have a man cave so let's uh, let's go mobile for
2: just a second here oh boy
3: all right and we'll, we'll go for the tour
2: I actually hope to do what matt's doing get out in the garage and have the cars in the background yeah yeah but I think Hi, I gotta go re- I there give
3: we my wife go. The credit for that
2: one because she's the one that set
0: the here. from barracuda.
2: Nice. There we go. Yeah, shaker right. What's going on with the air cleaner? Looks kind of flat. Which um, uh, I'm.
3: See if I can get a. Yeah, it's a shaker hood, but it's not going to be functional. It's it's a it's a flat aluminum paint. It's not functional. It's uh okay. it's gonna be a faker hood, unfortunately. <laughs> a faker hood. I like that. Nice. <laughs> I wish I had a better camera on this. But uh let's see if we can get some inside. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Right. Max six speed, four wheel disc brakes, lots of goodies, big hole in the wow. hood. Here we'll look. Shamelessly that looks like plug.
0: Can you read that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 Hemi Bill. <laughs> and we yeah, DIY. This, Hemi. this is
3: this is my man garage, unfortunately. It's uh just it's really in the
0: garage. garage. All right, is every can everybody hear what's going on right now? Can you all hear I'm, all of you guys in the chat? I'm fine, buddy. All right, Blake's in. Yes, big blocks Finally. in. Hemi, Bill, you are you're glitching out, but that's okay. Stay with us. Um, that's uh, that's a really nice Cuda. Gosh, we've got a couple e-body owners in the house. Uh, Johnny's the the lone B-body guy right now with all the print, the stash. <laughs> um. So hey, Matt, I gotta ask you, man, how's the how's the podcast going, buddy?
3: Yeah, that that Cuda is not mine, unfortunately. It's a customer.
2: That was Bill.
0: Oh, there's Bill. <laughs> hey, there <was> Bill. <laughs> yeah, we're we're a little bit off sync here. <laughs> let, let, let's try this again. <laughs> Matt, go ahead.
1: <laughs> man, it's it's going good. Uh, definitely starting to get a little bit more into doing a little bit more deep edits to try to yeah, get sure. everything cleaned up a little bit, and realizing that takes a lot of time.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it, um, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you definitely don't realize how loud someone breathes until so you got to cut out every single loud breath they take.
0: <laughs> yes, oh man. It's definitely uh, I have, God, I wish people could see the dumb shit that I have to deal with because, and I'm the only one to blame, (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh, I'm like, oh man, Uh, I shouldn't admit this, but (laughs) the last episode, (laughs) I'm sitting there and I'm recording and I I farted and I was able (laughs) to edit it out of the show, okay? I'll admit it, I I admit it, okay? I passed gas, all right? (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) We're human, we're human, Okay. Um, yeah, I was like, oh man, I, I tried, dude, I was pinching. And it just, it <laughs> happened. It happened. And, uh, I was able to edit it out. I was very impressed with my skills doing that. <laughs> so That's awesome. if, Matt, if you ever have an issue like I did, go ahead and hit me up and I'll tell you how to clean that up.
1: <laughs> so my biggest issue so far was I forgot. I accidentally turned it on to where I could hear myself through the mic. Oh yeah. Yeah my brain slowed down waiting for the feedback my, my buddies that where i do the podcast with swore i was having a stroke because so i just started saying, I got and they're like i stop and i go am i talking slow they go, thank god we don't have to pick you up
0: oh man yeah that's funny this you know that's as cool as technology is it sucks at the same time because like you know we can send invisible messages through the air to each other on phones and then we try to see each other and do something like this and you know shit always goes wrong but mm-hmm. anyways blake you're in the house what's up buddy what are you up to
4: uh working on wiring harnesses at the moment and yeah. in, in the man cave doing some uh, more recent stuff so we're talking about the new uh 2015 plus locked brick dcm type stuff so um got manuals everywhere um wow. but i think i'm almost wrapped up on this one so uh going to see how testing goes on it.
0: Nice. How's the truck swap coming?
4: Uh, it's pretty slow right now. Uh, we haven't made a whole lot of progress on it. I've been traveling a lot uh, yeah. with my day job, so I think I've been back and forth to South Carolina two or three times. Uh, so for us, that's like an eleven-hour trip.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And
4: uh, just I, I've been on the road a lot, so uh, the truck is staged, ready to rock. The engine's ready to go. And um, the harness is sorted out, so I have the harness built for it. We're just waiting for another day to sit down, film, and uh, go step by step. So filming does slow it down a bit. You know, you have to make sure you're being aware of uh, showing sure. the important information, the details. Um, and that's really the next step is to uh, get a day where Mike and I can get together and, and uh, start throwing the wrenches around again.
2: And what year truck is this? It's so yeah, 89.
4: Fun stuff, man. 89. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, I mean it's kind of—I don't want to say cheating—but it, it's much easier to start with a truck that's EFI to begin with. So okay. you have the fuel tank that's already you know designed for EFI. It's baffled for an internal fuel pump. Those things. So um, it really helps to kind of have that set up already to begin with. You know, some of the older ten grills a little bit more difficult because you'd have to. I mean, ideally, source the fuel tank from a later model of that same body style. Um, but you can do other things as well if you want to get a little creative.
2: Has has guys has any guys sit hit you up for like emissions? Like like I live here in California, mm-hmm. and uh, anything '76 and newer, it's got to pass emissions. So what if you were to swap to a modern Hemi? Is mm-hmm. there an easy way of? you know, making it legal and being able to drive it?
4: Yeah. So, um, actually the rules in most States, and I believe California is one of them is if you do an engine swap, you have to meet the emissions requirements and the output of the vehicle, the engine came out of, you know, so that model year. So you would have to kind of retain in the wheelhouse of, in this case, it's a 2006 engine going in this truck. So as long as it passes all of the, um, the emission controls features as you would for a 2006, you should be fine. Right. So I know here in Louisiana we test; they test uh, fuel cap pressure to make sure that it's uh, relieving properly. It's not openly admitting fumes to the atmosphere. They check right. for the catalyst, the catalytic converters. Um, those things. It's a complete dropout out of um, out of the tr- out of the, the donor vehicle in this case, yeah. and then you have your evaporative system. Um, you know your, your scrubbing canister, if you will. So as long as you transfer all that over, you should be fine. Um, okay. Louisiana really doesn't check that hard at all. Um, <laughs> so here in Louisiana, if it's older than 1996, uh, before the advent of the OBD2 exhaust port, I mean uh, diagnostic port, they pretty much don't care. So nice. Um, like, uh, my CUDA has no catalytic converters, it's just running a uh, 2014 charger. No, I'm sorry, that was older vehicle I built. The CUDA is only running MagnaFlows. uh, so we have forward oxygen sensors. I turned the rear oxygen sensors off, uh, so it's uh, not exactly fully street legal, but uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It sounds good. Yeah, here if it's uh, <laughs> I mean, if you had a 75 and older and you put a modern Hemi in it, like there would be, there would be no point to tell California that you did it, you know, because then right. you would have to put all the stuff that you're, you know, you're talking about like cats and all that kind of crap. It's like, eh, as far as you're concerned, it's a 318 or a 440 or, you know, mm-hmm. an old motor and you don't have to, there's no inspections. There's no smog at right. all. You're basically scot-free, which is kind of weird for California that, they, they let you off so easily if you have a 75 or older, but then like they send you through the gauntlet If you're 76 and newer, it's like got to have all the original stuff It's like you would think well if it's just clean if it's you know If what's coming out of the pipe is clean that should be good enough But no, they got to have all of the you know, mm-hmm. I have a power wagon that has a, a 360 in it and somebody ripped all the smog stuff off of it. So it's like the truck runs fine, but I can't drive it because I can't find the emission control stuff for it, you know. So,
4: yeah, they I think there's only been one inspection station around here that I went to years ago where they they popped the hood and they looked for the emissions decal and they tried to route the the exhaust, you know, the EGR. They, They tried to trace everything and really pinpoint it. Yeah, Yeah. I never went there again, to say the least. (laughs) Uh, Smart man. Yeah. yeah, Everywhere else. The the diagnostic port on all Mm. my swaps, it's usually hidden in the glove box or under the dash. And they don't even pop the hood. Uh, Another thing here is if it is of antique status, so 25 years or older, uh, no rules apply. It doesn't even have to get inspected. So um, I kind of get away with a lot more.
2: Yeah, you're in the clear. They're, they're trying to pass something like that here in California as well. So uh, my fingers are crossed. So. Yeah.
4: Well, reality <laughs> is these engines are just so much more fuel efficient, and they put off so many yeah. less pollutants than the old ones do. So yeah, it's kind of ridiculous if you think about it.
2: Yeah, you would think it would be part of their agenda to promote, hey, let's put new HEMIs in everything, Yo, you know. the the
3: mission. Sorry about that, guys. California's emissions program was supposed to be a rolling through, though, and they they ended up just going with 85 and up, and no rolling after that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, including myself, were fighting against that tooth and nail, but we just couldn't get the legislation through.
2: Yeah, 75, seven, or 76 and up, right? Not set, not 85. 75. I
3: guess, yes, yeah. 76, yeah. excuse me. My, yeah, my
1: there's, there's zero exactly. inspection in Arkansas. Nobody gets inspected. That's awesome. Shit. That's nice. <laughs> it's, it's the boot,
4: man. It's like the, the oh, Arkansas man. Louisiana boot. It's the boot of excellence. Is what <laughs> <it> exactly.
0: Nice. <is. laughs> <Shit. laughs> yeah, you guys. Uh, you guys got it made, man. <laughs> Every day. Well, except for you two up in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, California is nice, uh, insane. Yeah, I me and SEMA, let's see that
4: guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, him,
0: him. Uh,
4: yeah. that guy. Yeah, that guy. Right I know uh, uh, SEMA. If you guys are members of SEMA, um, I'm not yet, but it's something I plan to join eventually. A lot of their uh, fundraising, a lot of the membership dues, go towards fighting some of these really ridiculous laws and some of that yeah, legislation. That's so. They uh, Every year they, they put out uh, circulars and a lot of information out there on how you can help uh, kind of promote their mission, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like I like everything that SEMA does, especially with the, the youth and stuff. I wish yeah. um, I had been a little bit more aware of that stuff. I'm not sure if it was happening when I was in high school, but I would have loved to get involved in that, but, you know, way past that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be able yes. to get a media pass. I'm trying to get a media pass to SEMA. That's about the only way I'll ever get in. <laughs> so, uh, that's hey, what so, I'm on.
2: So, Matt, how soon are you uh, going to be stabbing that Hemi into the duster?
1: Well, it started out as just doing a Hemi swap, and then I decided to just go ahead and do a complete restoration while we're at it since everything's out.
2: Yeah, I heard your podcast on that. How it was uh, kind of <laughs> spiraling out of control.
1: <laughs> well, we, we've got it in control now. We just got to put new rear quarter skins on and put floor patches in, and it's getting painted and starting to go back together. So, nice. hopefully, like the next three to four months. All right. What color? Uh, I'm gonna go back factory tour red, but I'm gonna do okay. about a do a 340 twister clone tribute nice.
0: Card. Oh, nice. So Nice. Oh my What year is it?
1: Seventy one.
4: Okay. I had a 72 EV2 car, um, and I was going to do the exact same Twister kind of a package on it. I love that look. It's uh, a great look. It's a
1: mean look. And then, like, just for the fact I'll have a Gen 3 Hemi in it with a 5-speed Tremec, so. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I... I, I, Go ahead.
4: I was going to say, I I got so far down that rabbit hole, I did... uh, I bought the graphics and at that time, this is many years ago, so I'm going to show my age here, uh, that was when the, it was like, the 05 Daytona edition Rams and uh, Chargers came out, and they had that, oh, kind yeah. of that that um I think they might have called it Go Mango back then, but it was more of like a copper, a burnt orange. Yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I had um, the floor mats up at Mopar Nationals. I had them make the Duster logo uh, embroidered floor mats In that copper color actually brought paint samples from PPG had it matched I went to a special uh, electronics depot that had they specialize in wide range of like LED colors right so I picked out a burnt orange LED diode that matched that color exactly and that was going to illuminate the instrument cluster I had I mean everything soup to nuts to build that car and at that point, man, I was trying to make it through school, and I just couldn't swing anymore. So I had to let it go. But, uh, man, that that was a build of mine that I, I wish I would have kept to this day.
2: Yeah. I, I think I remember you You told that story on uh, on Talking Mopars with Chris, right?
4: Uh, yeah. I think so. I think I, had so. heard I, think I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: yeah, I think so. Dang. Well, yeah. You. So I have a buddy of mine that has a 71.0 uh twister yeah, that but
4: that twister package is sweet oh yeah.
2: yeah yeah for sure i i've said this before it's like it's the it's the epitome of poser cars because it's like got <laughs> all this bitchin shit on the outside and it looks so aggressive but then it's got like a slant six or a 318 two barrel under the hood you know oh yeah uh, <laughs>
4: I think right. they were called, like, the wolf, the sheep in wolf's clothing, right? Isn't that what
2: they referred to? <laughs> that yeah. <way? laughs> that's very fitting, yeah.
4: Um, I, I think that's, that's what they used to call them, yeah.
2: Yeah, but they're cool. I mean, I love that strobe that goes down the center of the hood, you know. then. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, my buddy texted me. This is a few months ago. He had – I would sold him a 340 a while back and years ago. Like, we're probably talking 10 years ago and uh he added stroke so it's a 416 now and uh he's, he says he's not going to build the car he wants to just uh sell it to me so he's going to sell it to me for a good price it's a sassy grass green car shock shark tooth grill the dual scoops nice. and it's got the gull wing on the back so it's a vinyl top car so the roof is a little rusty but my he actually got that duster for my buddy john jones also chris but uh, John gave him a spare roof, a solid roof. So I just got to get the roof skin swapped on the car. And I don't know if I'll go back vinyl top or not, but we'll see. We'll see when we get the car. It's, I, I shouldn't even be talking about it because I might be counting my chickens before they hatch, you know, <laughs> but I do look forward on getting the car.
0: Awesome. You're going to jinx uh, yourself. <laughs> I
2: know that's what I'm worried about. So I gonna knock on some wood. But
0: <laughs> Johnny you're gonna have to modern Hemi hemiswap so
2: hard. I mean, that's
4: <laughs> uh, Yeah, you got to uh,
2: You know I'm gonna convince the world <laughs> yeah My my only problem is is I have so many projects and I'm trying to keep everything as simple as possible. So, you know quick bolt-ins is more my preference, but if I had the time And i had the money i'd i'd love to put one in in the d100 that'd probably be the truck that i would i would do it to before i did it that's that's a quick
4: that's a quick bolt in man i'm telling you
2: yeah (laughs) but i for me b bodies require big blocks i i just don't i don't (laughs) like small blocks in them i don't like modern emmys in them i can yeah I'm just old school like that.
4: I'm I'm split. I like, uh, I do love, uh, I do love some B bodies with big blocks. I mean, I think, uh, no one could really deny that cool factor. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's weird because, you know, it's not fair to Mm -hmm. E bodies, but I don't seem to mind it. I don't mind modern Hemis and E bodies. It doesn't bother me like it does with B bodies. It's, I don't know. They just, (laughs) they got to have a big block in them.
0: Okay. Well, Johnny, uh, now, now we know where you stand. Yeah. Now we know where you stand. Right. You've got 30 cars, and you can't even put a Gen 3 in one of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe someday. So what? let me ask. Uh, Gen let me ask, 3, you learn this... more. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That'd be fun. Go to the go to the import street races with the lawnmower with the Gen three in it and see. Oh God, that's funny. Um, yeah, so uh, Hemi Bill, what? Tell us the story about uh, the Cuda that you have. You said it was a customer's car.
3: Yeah, it's um, it's a friend of a friend, and I did major rust repair on it a decade ago. In fact, that's the car that I built my rotisserie for, specifically so I could spin it in my two-car garage. Um, this major rust repair back in 2008, I gave the car back to the guy because it's a black car. He wanted it painted. Um, it took him two years to get it painted. And then from that point on, he was begging me, can, can you reassemble it for me? And I said, yeah, I can, but I didn't disassemble it. So, you know, it's going to take a little bit of, uh, you know, puzzle work. Um, it is a 71 Barracuda, not a Cuda, but it is a legit 383 Magnum four-speed car. Oh, sweet. And the original sweet. motor oh, wow. and trans are still at the owner's house. He he wanted uh, the modern Hemi, Tremec six-speed, and a bunch of other goodies and whatnot. Uh, the flat hood is at the, the owner's house. Um, he he insisted on having a shaker. So I'm trying to make that work still. Um, so about two years ago, the car got brought back to me and it had been painted. Well, the disassembled it. So I had to put the doors, the hood and the deck, lid back on it and not scratch anything. And uh, Started putting all this stuff together. And of course, to, to make the, the six speed work, I had to modify the tunnel, which uh, is a little unleary to uh, take a plasma cutter to a freshly painted car. Yeah. Uh, but uh, got <laughs> wow. all that put together. And um, I don't know if it news, uh, if you guys have saw it, it was Memorial Day weekend a year ago. It's um, a story of um, a, a local optometrist who was on vacation in Hawaii that was killed by a shark attack. That's the guy that owns this car.
2: Holy shit!
3: So I've yeah, wow. been working. Uh, I've been working with the owner's son since then to finish it up. Uh, I'm trying to get it back to them by the end of this year. I've only got a couple small things left to do. And uh, then, then at least drive it for a while because, you know, him and his father were in the cars. Uh, he was a local SCC president for the chapter, um, loved cars. He got lots of them, had, had enough money he could afford a lot of them, too. Um, but when, when he died, unfortunately, he left a, a giant hole, uh, not in his family, but also in the local car club community because he was such a great guy. Well, so
0: wow. trying to wrap it up. What uh, what kind of challenges did you have swapping the Gen 3 in that car? Um, the biggest problem I had was when I
3: was trying to get the engine to start, um, I used the original harness and I blended it with... Um, the harness from the car, so I've got the original uh, 2006 61 harness, and uh, trying to get it to start. There was a couple things that, that were real interesting. Is uh, it's got an OBD port that I put under the dash, and it kept saying no communications. So um, doing a little research, and Chrysler uses a front control module to, as the global communicator between all of the modules in the car and i have the front control module and i had it hand wired <clears throat> and i had sent the original pcm out to a company in florida and i had the security system turned off um but it just kept saying no communications on my scan tool no communications well there's actually uh there's a high speed can bus bus, and then there's the diagnostic bus uh the diagnostic bus module to your obd port And then your high-speed can and your low-speed can are for different signals. Um, The high-speed can is is faster, and that's for the stuff that is required right away. The low-speed can is for the the slower signals, uh, you know, the gas input uh, for the... ...runs that signal across the low-speed bus. Well, notifications was, uh, it came down to... um, I had to tie those two CAN buses together, even though it's not on the wiring diagram. Chrysler gives you just the diagrams of just what you need at that moment. And I couldn't find where this CAN bus was you know, part of a diagram. So on a guess, I just took both of the positive CAN wires, twisted them together, and both of the wires twisted them together, plugged in the scan tool, turned it on, and instantly I had 22 faults. Yeah. Hey. Never been happier nice. to actually have fault codes. So at least then it was communicating. Well, sure. it it would it would crank over but it really wouldn't start and I wasn't getting uh I wasn't getting any power signal up to uh I wasn't getting any control to the injectors or the coils. Well, the cars, the original cars, you hit the key and it tells the starter relay that we're going to start in 15 15s Well, I'm using the 1971 engine harness to run the starter relay like a 71 would be, but you still have to have that signal going to the computer. So the computer has to know you're trying to start this before it energizes the coils and the fuel injectors. <clears throat> so I hardwired a signal over to that from the starter relay and then at least tried to, it. It would, it would cough and it would sputter, it tried to start. So then I'm thinking it, it, it sounded like one other car that I worked on that had been parked for a lot of years. And on a guess, I took the fuel injectors out uh, because this the engine was, you know, who knows how long it had been sitting. Fuel injectors out and I soaked them in lacquer thinner and leached a lot of crud out of them, dried them off, put them back in, turn the key and it fired right up.
0: Wow. So
3: the biggest problem I had was those three issues back to back, getting me to a no start situation. And uh, I tried DIY Hemi and I tried the OE diagrams. And of course, nobody's got any testing for this type of a situation. Um, You got to get in there and you got to figure out, okay, how is this computer thinking and what is it looking for? And you got to, unfortunately be smarter than it. And I, while wow, for me to even become partially smart enough.
0: And Johnny's sitting there like, "See, I've told you, yeah. fucking big blocks, yeah. <laughs> big blocks."
5: Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bud uh, Mac, Bud Mac is in the house. What's up, buddy?
5: Uh, what, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, we can hear you. What's up?
5: All right, good. I just want to make sure I'm not good at technology at all. So, as as welcome to the club. To all the uh, air gin heavy <laughs> stuff, <laughs> and all the wiring, and all the stuff is. I'm yeah, that's I'm not good at that kind of thing.
4: Oh man,
5: I I'm I'm glad to uh, to be talking with you guys live. If you know Chris, I'm Muscle Car Syndicate on Instagram. Yeah, I'm buddy, that dude. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I just wanted to talk parts guys. Yeah, so let's talk about it. 71 man. Charger, cool. 71, I like the third gens. I'm, I'm kind of the weird, the weird guy.
2: Yeah, I like uh, third gens sure too. If, uh,
5: good. It seems good. A lot of people hate them. It's, everybody talks about being the Alabama cousin of the, uh, you know, of the uh, Chargers. <laughs> oh, that's fine. So, no, it's a factory big block car. It's 383 L two barrel. Uh, it's my son's car. And anybody that follows, I think Chris may be aware. I also have a '71 Charger RT, hmm. um, pretty rough uh, B7 car, 440 automatic, AC, hideaways. Wow, um, nice. Yeah, I mean, that's Yeah,
0: yeah so, I've uh, over the past few years, I those anything post '71 has really started to grow on me. I've always liked the Roadrunners for some reason, but the Chargers, I don't know what it was, but man i'll tell you what it really hit home when i went and looked at the butterscotch one that i tried to buy and failed buying that my buddy bought um that one i really i really liked that car and uh i i wish i hadn't let it slip through my fingers but the guy who's got it he's going to build the hell out of it so we'll see what happens nice
5: i mean i like i I like the uh fuselage the, the road runners and uh um i really wish that they wouldn't have done the quarter window the, the way they did on 71s and 2s, but they would have just mm-hmm. skipped right to 73 and 4s quarter window because I like the way it's opened up more, kind of like a Roadrunner. But beyond that, the 71s got the better two marker lights, in my opinion, and then just, yeah, I mean, it's really about it. They're all pretty much close to being the same. Body lines are different after 72. I but.
2: I actually like the 71s and 2s better. I like I like how that window has that angle that goes up. I personally don't like the seventy threes and fours, But so I guess it's a, it's a taste, you know. I don't know. Some people like yeah. one way, like the other. Oh,
5: I totally agree. I mean, it's, it's kind of it can be, take it or leave it for a lot of people.
2: But. Yeah. Well, and a lot of guys like the threes and fours because the body line is continuous through the whole car, and I'm like, I can't stand that. I like, <laughs> I like how the front and the back lines kind of fade into each other, you know.
0: <laughs>
5: yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that and, uh, and just kind of the way the, you know, that has that, that it's kind of slight kick up on the the extensions in the trunk panel or the trunk lid on the 73s and 4s, like a little bit of a spoiler or something, you know? It's kind of yeah. a lot flatter on 71s and 2s, but it's, it's so subtle, most people don't even notice it anyway. so it's kind
2: Yeah, of, to the average guy, they all, they're all the same car, but uh, I think to the guys that really like those third gens, I don't know. I think. I mean, I'm I'm a 71, 72 camp guy. Like I like those two, but I <laughs> I don't like the threes and fours, you know. And I think the other there's guys that are threes and fours, and everybody and then they don't like the earlier ones, the 71s or twos. So I don't know. I've Actually, been having a wild
0: hair to find a 70, uh, 73 or 74 Roadrunner just to piss people off because <laughs> yeah. I know that people hate those things. And, you know, those have grown <laughs> on me too. I mean, it's obviously not my first choice, but, you know, if I found one cheap enough, you know, I, I'm not going to deny it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll pick yep. it up, but they're, they're cool. They de- They definitely have their own following, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, they're still reasonably priced. You know, they're not a yeah.
5: 68
0: yeah. to 70, and I don't think they'll ever hit that, but yeah. they're still attainable, you know? Yeah, definitely. They're to
5: kind of get... Yeah, unattainable for the the uh, average Joe, it seems. I saw a lot of just base chargers, base, you know, satellites, uh, for the third gens that are getting up there in in price for, for the amount of work and things they need. And I'm I'm definitely not a price basher. I'm not that guy that goes on every thread and says, Why are you asking <laughs> that much money for that car? Yeah. Yeah. You know, things yeah. are kind of getting there. So I don't know how yeah, you modulate your page, man. People one zero oh, too many. You know, right, I'd,
0: <laughs> yeah, everything's expensive to Johnny. But yeah, as far as mod, uh, as far as uh taking care of the page, man, uh you know, <laughs> it's one of those things where every once in a while I'll be scrolling through and I'll find a good thread or something that I would that I really wanted to see what people had to say. I'll jump on there and I'll say some things. But there's so many and there's so many people that comment the same thing over and over and over again that after a while it just gets, you know, and that people say the same thing. You know, oh, overpriced. One too many zeros. Oh, that must be some good weed. Oh, this guy's on crack. Oh, this guy's on meth. <laughs> it's the same shit over and over again. So after a while, I just scroll through it. But sometimes somebody has a good one. When they have a good one, then I acknowledge, and I go, oh, that one was funny. Good job. You made my day. Yeah. But for the most part, it's like, eh, you know, I'm, I'm really not that guy to price bash. Because guess what? At the end of the day, most people, that's their asking price. And of course, they're not going to give you... It, I don't know very many people, except for maybe the people Johnny's run into, that give you the best price right off the bat. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, if I was selling my shit, I would aim high with it too. You know, I probably would let it go for a lot cheaper, but.
5: That's the way I see it. The way I see it is, is if, if that person was in the same boat, they'd want to try to get as much money for it. They could too, right? But, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's easier for them to get on Facebook and bash the guy, I suppose.
0: <laughs> and yeah, I just. I keep hearing the same thing about, um, you know, all the rich guys are pricing out all the lower end guys and stuff. Well, that's going to end eventually. Eventually, the money's going to run dry, and those guys are going to start losing money when they have to find buyers for their cars, and they have to end up taking cheaper prices. And hopefully, like every time I am watching Barrett Jackson, I know people are, what the f- are you doing watching Barrett Jackson? <laughs> uh, every time I see a Bronco or some sort of oddball vehicle that is starting to climb in value. I love it. I'm like, yes, let, let the focus be on those pieces of shit. (laughs) And then we can hopefully get some lower prices on the Mopars. Um, but I mean, obviously some stuff is never going to go down, Hemi cars, things like that, six pack or six barrel cars. Um, but I I hope, you know, and this is going to sound bad, but as the older generations start to, you know, go away, I'm hoping that, you know, I I go to these car shows and I see, and this isn't taking any shots at the modern Mopar guys. I like those cars too, but there's definitely an influence of the tuner car scene. And I just don't see the same passion um, with the muscle cars, you know, in, in a large quantity. I see more people, you know, gravitating towards buying a car off a lot and, you know, throwing some fancy lights and some aftermarket wheels on it. I don't necessarily see as many people going out to the fields or wherever they're finding these cars and, you know, doing these projects. They'd rather just, you know, dump 50 grand and have a Hellcat or whatever they get, um, which is cool, you know, in its own its its own little segment because I want a new Challenger too. But um, I like knowing that maybe in 20 years I'll be the old timer that, that has all the cool Mopars because I managed to get them for cheap, you know. Um, I th- yeah. I think
2: there's I think there's some truth in what you're saying because if you start if you look at the guys that were kind of before the muscle cars you know you look at the guys that were into uh the hot rods and like the shoebox cars and stuff like as a as a kid I remember like 57 Chevy's were all the rage you know like everybody wanted a 57 Chevy and 57 Chevy's were just like skyrocketing in value, it seemed like, you know, and then I think it's, uh, and even like 55s and 56s weren't worth as much as a 57, you know, it was like the, uh, the iconic classic car, you know, but I think those guys and especially the older hot rod generation, like I think those cars have plateaued and it's probably, you know, a lot of those guys are passing on and the gen- the guys that are into the cars after that generation, like the muscle car guys were, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 48, but I'm probably on the young end of, you know, that guys that are into those kinds of cars, you know, and I don't know how many generations behind me we've got before they completely lose interest. Like you're saying, going into tuners or, you know, mini trucks or whatever, you know, Um uh, so I think possibly at some point. But then then again, too, it seems like the Hot Rodders, there's sort of like this new generation resurgence that's come along and kind of pushed that back up, you know. And what I've seen is from the 90s, like the 90s, I mean, dude, muscle cars, Mopars were everywhere. There was, there was tons of them. If you wanted one, you could find one for a good price, you know. And then mm-hmm. I think the Japanese were doing, like, they're – their currency was doing really well. So in the 90s, the Japanese were buying up a bunch of American muscle cars and then taking over to Japan. And, uh, and then uh, you, know, you look at, like today, I don't know if it's these TV shows or if it's Barrett-Jackson or whatever, but that Americana muscle car scene is kind of spread worldwide. And I, I think they've gobbled up a lot of the cars and pulled them out of the country, you know, because now you look around, I know a lot of them have been crashed or rotted away or went through junkyards, but it also seems like, man, a lot of these cars are overseas now, you know?
5: Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. I Sweden. mean, yeah, of Germany.
0: Of America, Sweden. Australia, um, Europe, there's a lot of places where you, like, especially with the podcast, I've been getting a lot of guys emailing me and reaching out for listener stories and things like that, and I didn't realize how big the even just the it, the Mopar scene that little that yeah. little niche yeah. is still huge in other places australia especially like i've got that on my bucket list now because so many people have reached out to me and said hey we've got mopars down here and stuff that you don't have and yeah. you know i've been trying to i for the australian guys and gals i've been trying to do some research on that stuff cuz i definitely want to have an episode or episodes about Mopars that weren't available in the States because there's some cool stuff out there that I wish we would have had here. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those Brazilian chargers, yeah. I think those things are awesome. Brazilians, I think yeah. those are awesome. I wish yeah. I could import one. I was trying to figure that out. I went down this deep rabbit hole of how can I get one of those here? You know, because <laughs> it's just they're so cool. But wait Hemi Bill, what do you think about the current market of Mopars? I mean obviously we all know we all know it's insane, but what what's your opinion?
3: Well You guys were talking about the, uh, the older generation dying off. And unfortunately I'm part of that crowd. Uh, I am sorry. Sorry, Bill.
0: And, uh, (laughs) you're still young.
3: That's okay. My son is your, my son is your age. Um, and he's not interested in cars at all. And, and, uh, I don't, I only know one younger kid in this area, uh, that's in the cars. And, uh, you know, some of it is, uh, I blame, believe it or not, I blame a lot of it on California laws because out here you weren't allowed to hop up your, your engine, uh, right. so everybody went with the stupid graphics and the lowered mini trucks and the spinner beds and all that <laughs> makes you go, ah. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's where the muscle car here died off because of that. Um, you know, i i i can't uh, i can't fault the people with the, the newer muscle cars. Um, a buddy of mine, his wife drives a brand new Challenger SRT8, and he says it is the fastest thing he's ever driven, uh-huh. by far, faster than his Hemi Chatt- uh, which is up in your area, Chris. Uh, um, but you know, the reliability, the the on demand horsepower air conditioning and a warranty, maybe one day I'll get one too, you know, who knows?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the deeper I get into this, the more I've realized that I don't know if it's greed or what, but I really want one of everything, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) I wanted my 10 grill truck, got the 10 grill truck. I wanted a Mopar. uh, I I don't like calling it a muscle car because my Dart isn't a muscle car. It never was. I'm trying to turn it into one. But I feel uncomfortable every time I say I have a muscle car. So I have I have my my classic Mopar. Um, I definitely want to get a classic mm-hmm. muscle car. Uh, uh, I would really like a B body. I'm, I, you know, E bodies are awesome. I love an E body. You know, and I, I, if I had the money, I'd love to have one of everything. But you know, <laughs> uh, but definitely a B body's on the list. Uh, modern. Um, I, I definitely lean towards the Challenger. I wouldn't mind having just something I could get in and just drive and not have to worry about it you know uh and then i have a a newer truck which is just you know my daily um but there's just so many mopars that i want it's kind of like a, i kind of separated them into groups you know classic and modern and so far all i need is a classic muscle car and a modern muscle car and i think i will have rounded out my little stable but i just don't have the room for it right now so that's where i'm at hopefully um hopefully here in the next few years, I can figure out what to do about the new challenger. But as far as the old one, like I said, I'm I'm watching this market. And it's weird because I, I've seen it. I've seen some really crazy deals right now in Oregon. There is a 68 Tribute Superstock Dart and it's $45,000. But it's got a um, I think it's a 528 uh, Hemi in it. And it's it's pretty much period correct uh, with everything else and 45 grand to me even though it's a tribute I'm like that seems like a steal to me. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. the, the engine alone has to be 25 30 grand I would imagine. Um, right. So I see that and I'm like, well, you know, if I had to choose, you know, Scat Pack Challenger a new one or this 68 Super Stock Dart, you know, part of me knows that I can get a Challenger any day of the week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's how I see things.
2: I think in one of your your podcasts you were kind of talking about that, you know, that what would you do the newer the modern or yeah. the older, you know, what's the preference I guess. Or maybe it was in your questions at the end when you do your direct connections with guys, but um I I've I've kind of given up cuz it's, it's it's hard to justify them on the same level, you know, because yeah, it's like the modern cars, it's like shit, you know. Right up from the factory, you can get almost twice as much horsepower as the older car. The reliability's there, warranties there, comfort. You can drive the car from one end of the country to the other. Mm-hmm. Gas mileage, efficiency, you know. I mean, when you're driving an old Mopar, it's kind of hard to even come close to any of that, you know. But on the flip side of that coin, it's like a lot of people have modern ch- challengers, you know, and not a lot of people have like a Coronet or a Charger or a Roadrunner. And when you see them on the road, I mean, they really grab you because it's just like, holy shit, you know. There's something about that rawness, you know, even though it's perhaps uncomfortable, inefficient, you know, uh, loud. I I don't know. I think I think they're just on two different Brutal.
1: levels. <laughs>
0: yeah. They're,
2: they're what?
0: Brutal. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I love the smell You're of the fuel. Brutal. The fuel gets me, yeah. The The smell yeah. of the fuel gets me, and I'm weird. I like to go to car shows and kind of sneak sneak up to the window of the car and just, and just take a nice big whiff of that old Mopar smell. I would have an air freshener right. called old Mopar if I could. I don't know what it is, but it's like a drug. I would sniff it like cocaine, just, oh, God, that's so good. I, I love the smell of old Mopars. I don't know. It's, it's my little fetish. I don't know what it is, but... Um, they're, they're great. My dart still smells old, even though it's stripped interior. <laughs> oh, scented candles.
2: There you go.
0: That, that's a damn good idea. I like that.
2: I, I see something coming to the merch shop. Talking yeah. about We're going to have to talk,
0: Hemi Bill. I'm going to have to cut you in on some royalties for that great <laughs> <You're> idea. <right. laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at this chat here. Hold on a second, Johnny. Okay, I'm looking okay. at this chat here. And I haven't really talked about Dakota as much, especially the new, like the newer ones, not the new new ones um, that were a few years ago. But Braden here says he's got a 97 RT with a 68 stroker 318 made into a 340, 40 over 340 crank X racing heads. It's got a comp cams mother thumpa and uh, an original 340 demon intake manifold. I like those older Dakota RTs. I always have the extended... The debate for me is extended cab or standard cab. I'm more of a standard cab guy when it comes to the older stuff. Um, but I definitely, I love a nice Dakota RT. I like that people are hemi, hemi swapping them. I think that's really cool. Uh, yeah. And even the older ones, like the 80s and a, early 90s. Go ahead.
5: I'll say I had a 99 club cab RT, Amethyst. Yeah. Oh, cool. So it was oh, the, cool. The
0: 360,
5: 391, or 392, whichever it was, uh, rear gear. Um, I bought it off a used car lot with 40,000 miles when I was in college. I was broke, but it was badass, so I had to have it. it." And uh, it was fun, but everything on the street beat it. That thing wouldn't hook up for nothing, and it it maxed out like 4,500 RPM in like two seconds. It was just done. (laughs) So it was fun to burn tires. That's kind all it was good for. But people liked it. It It had had the Infinity stereo so it had some good Metallica blaring everywhere I went and steam. (laughs)
4: Nice.
5: They're a the phone truck, and I'd like to have another one, but they're 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 starting to kind of come up in value themselves, especially the earlier uh, single cab ones, because they made uh, less of them. Yeah, in there and you know, kind of the other even as well.
0: Every once in a while, I'll see a cheap one, and then I'll see it gone, just like that, um, locally yeah. on like local Craigslist yeah. and stuff like that. But um, they definitely, I have seen some where I'm like sixty thousand miles and eleven grand. I'm like, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of other things I'd rather buy with eleven grand. But I even like. I even like the late 80s early 90s um the shelby dakotas i know a lot of people are like show that thing's a piece of i like it i like the shelby <laughs> dakotas um i like that people uh big block swap those old dakotas and even a small block swap is cool i, yeah. I like to see them at the track drag racing i think they're cool um i would that's rather cool. have one of those over an s10 <laughs> obviously well, but, but
2: you uh, see i kind of <laughs> like i kind of like what Bray did. i mean he's kind of going the opposite, right? He's putting old school stuff in a, in a newer gen truck. But I I think that's pretty bitching. I mean, it'd be kind of cool to have a truck like that and you you wouldn't expect it to, I'm sure that cam is lumping all over the place, you know, and uh, that thing probably rips pretty good. Um, My buddy, my buddy, John Jones at one time had a, uh, I think it was an 87 diplomat. And he dropped a 383 in it with a pretty hot oh. cam yeah he was telling me one time he nice. I don't know his family was having like a Thanksgiving dinner or something and uh, they can hear the car just ripping coming down the highway because <laughs> it was so freaking loud you know they're like oh is that the charger outside <laughs> oh no that's my diplomat
0: <laughs> that's funny yeah my dad when she passed my dad still has her, I guess you could call it cherry now, but it's a 85 Chrysler LeBaron. It's light blue with the blue vinyl top, and my dad will not get rid of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if it's a sentimental attachment or what, but he is dead set on putting a V8 in it. And I keep trying to convince oh, him "No, wow. Dad, No, we're not doing that <laughs> in the 85 LeBaron. We're not doing it. No, Dad, we're not doing it. And he's still, oh, that no, it'd be cool. And if, if he ever listens to this, no, Dad, we're not doing it. <laughs> um, but uh you know some cars are cool when you do that kind of stuff now back to the dakota i want to know where Braden's at because i would imagine that there's some issues when you try to get that thing registered uh, like in washington if i had to get it registered i'd have to go take it and uh do emissions with it and i just don't think that they would you know be yeah. very happy with with that setup you know what i mean yeah it um, wouldn't
2: fly it wouldn't fly here in california yeah unless you got well
5: Austin, Iowa. Really? Oh, nice. Oh, Iowa has zero inspection. You can do anything you want here. Wow. They quit inspecting vehicles like in 75 or 76. There used to be big square registration stickers on the windshields. I remember my dad's old truck having them on there. And they just quit doing it. So you can swap, do whatever you want here. Nobody asks any question about it. Um, What
0: kind of natural disasters do you have there? Because I wanted to move to Texas for a little bit. But, you know, there's some natural disasters. Not not as frequent as Texas
5: does. That's okay. about it. We had that, that really bad storm. They called a duration. Tornado Alley.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
5: We had that thing uh, called that duration. They called a land hurricane that lasted like forty five minutes and destroyed everything in like a seven hundred mile path. So Holy that shit! Bad. That was a once in a lifetime thing or something. I'd never heard of it. Never even heard of that word until wow. that day.
0: See that kind of that kind yeah, of stuff is that, all it's, crazy. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I don't know that, that kind a stuff of stuff. When I hear it, again, I'm like, like, wow, that's nuts. I would never want to be involved. Yeah I talk shit about it because I'm like I'd never want to be in a tornado blah blah blah, but I live next to a volcano <laughs> you know what I mean and we're waiting <laughs> on this big earthquake that's supposed to come. So I right. you know my wife and I talk about Texas sometimes and because uh, I like Texas, I spent a little bit of time there and uh, she talks about you know up north you have the tornado potential and then down south you have the hurricanes and I always go back to the fact hey, there's a volcano. Do you understand what that, a volcano, okay? <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I don't like the idea of the volcano, and you I have a feeling that it's going to blow. <laughs>
5: you got to remember the snow we get here, too, though. You have to deal with that.
0: Yeah, that's true. All right, Iowa's out. <laughs> no Iowa for me. <laughs> but I do like some of the cars that I've seen up there now. that's That would be considered Rust Belt, right?
5: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Salt brine and use salt and, yeah. and you know chemically yeah. recipe equals the first year they're on the road.
0: Oh so. man. Ouch. Yeah, that's no good. What's Braden say? Wow. In Illinois. <laughs> really? Oh, oh. <laughs> money talks. Now you gotta grease them a little bit. I like it. <laughs> what? Um, I I didn't realize <laughs> Illinois was that relaxed. Yeah,
2: In California, there's a lot of guys that will find a a guy that can, you know, get you a smog cert, you know, and then you're able to get your tags and everything. But then it's usually about 300 to 500 bucks, and you got to do it every two years. So,
0: but... Yeah, it's, I just wish there was a universal, hey, do whatever the hell you want. Just don't get anybody killed. <laughs> you know, because like yeah. us car guys, we're always under attack. Everything we want to do, it's under attack. And I, I keep having this vision. And the vision is that one day they're going to say, you know what, you classic car guys, you can have your cars. But we're going to tax the hell out of you. And it's going to make it to the point where it's like you're either going to get taxed so much that it's almost going to be hard to drive them. Or you're going to have to just pay for some sort of special license to drive these things like um, like some sort of special registration. And I really think that uh, this hobby is uh, as much as I hate to say it, I really do think that, you know, we're right on that right on that cusp of, you know, bad things happening, depending on who's in charge and, you know, depending on what happens with the environment and all that crazy stuff. But I'm just trying to ride the wave yeah, as long really as it goes. I'm just riding the wave but I do have check this out now this is the first time I'm ever telling anybody this and I know that some Mopar guys are going to roll in their graves or sit there and roll their eyes at me and that's that I've been thinking that eventually we're it's inevitable we're going to get into electric stuff so in my head I've been thinking okay you know what in the automotive enthusiast community you know not just Mopars everything what will never change and I think it's, you know, custom paint jobs and things like that more personalization aside from the engines and the performance. So in my head, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if if I had to build an electric car, which I really wouldn't want to, but if I had to, I would think I would get an old forward look Mopar or something and, uh, you know, or something, something that you could chop the top on and kind of make street roddish and, you know, custom frame, air ride suspension. And I would really like to call it the culture shock because I would like to style it like custom culture, but since it's electric, you know what I mean? But I just, that's cool. it, it depresses me. It depresses me when I think that eventually, you know, gasoline engines are going to be very frowned upon or even out. I mean, it's not a stretch to say that they could outlaw them. <laughs> You know what I mean? So that's, that's a scary thought to me. So. I guess we just enjoy it while it lasts.
2: Yeah i I don't know. I mean, it really feels like we're going there, but um, I don't i I do a lot of listening to guys on YouTube. You know, they're kind of underground, I guess. And I, I don't know how realistic it is. I mean, I I think if everything was forced to go to electric car tomorrow, i I think it would. I think the grid would just go offline. I don't I don't see how you would be able to have every single person have an electric car and be able to keep them charged along with, you know, all the other crap that we run on electricity, you know? So, and then I think that like, you know, if you if you get into like the big conspiracy theory stuff like the military industrial complex and the stock market Oil is so tied to all of that stuff. I don't know if they would let it die, even if it did make sense to go to electric. You know, so I don't know. I guess I'm hopeful that we stick with gas for a while, at least in my lifetime.
0: <laughs> I, I just think it'll be taxed. Uh, you know, as long as as long as you can afford the taxes, you can do pretty much whatever you want with cars. That's what I. That's what I'm expecting.
5: Kind of look at, it like yeah. the, uh, kind of look at it like the cigarette industry. They won't. They won't let them kill them off, but they tax the crap out of them. You no. Know, yeah. You know, yeah. In turn, tax the buyer. Yeah. to Be able to have them cigarettes.
2: Well, and like I could Chris see I that. Kind
5: of agree on the point. That they're gonna. Cal- well, they're gonna keep taxing us to death on every little thing. Hey, you need parts for uh, you know what? Nineteen seventy whatever. Uh, there's a hundred dollar <laughs> surcharge on that part or something, or, you know, things yeah. of that nature. I guess I don't know.
2: Yeah, I I could even see them. California's
3: with- trying to get heavy duty trucks to go away for electric.
2: Really? Yeah, I, there's some pretty crazy stuff. I mean, my buddy Dennis runs heavy equipment, and I think, uh, I think like every five years they, they, it, they give them a huge tax break to basically scrap out the heavy equipment and buy a new one, you know? So I don't know. It seems wasteful to me. It seems like the, the Heavy equipment is running just fine. Why wouldn't you just keep using it, you know? But they incentivize the company to basically scrap it out and go buy a brand new one, you know.
0: Hmm. So okay, okay, now now it makes sense because it Air sounds like Her resources board
3: put the time limit on them too.
0: Oh, really? Hmm.
2: Let's hope it doesn't go to cars. Did you see uh, Br- Braden's response?
0: Yeah, I was looking at that. Um, a mud bog machine. So, oh, but it does have plates. So, it, Braden, that's street legal to drive. I'm, yeah, I'm guessing. <laughs> he
2: said. He said earlier. I think he's got like uh, it was like classic plates or something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, I see that.
2: Oh, collector plates.
0: How 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 lifted of a mud bog is this thing? Because when I was driving trucks over the road, I remember I was in Arkansas, and uh, from gosh. I'm gonna over exaggerate here, but from a mile away down the highway, I could see all these bright colors and it looked like flags. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And then I see this convoy of lifted mud bog trucks that there's no way they were street legal, not where I live, (laughs) but these things are going down the highway. They must've only been going 45 miles an hour. But I was like, that giant tractor tires. I'm like, how is that even street legal? I couldn't, only in in Arkansas, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. I'll have to talk to some of my Arkansas friends about that. But uh, definitely nothing I had ever seen up in Washington, that's for sure. And I was like, well, OK, this is like a different country I'm in. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, yeah. definitely an experience. But, yeah, I'd be curious to see how big that thing is. Um,
2: oh, and then real quick, just to Dan's point. Yeah, there are some counties in California where it's like in the it's rural areas usually up oh. in the mountains and stuff like that. Those particular counties, they get away with not having to smog anything. Those guys are lucky.
0: Wow, I thought it was statewide. I thought all of California was no. messed stuff like that. Wow.
2: No, so. it, it differs. But I think it's got to be... It's it's like in those areas where it's so rural that there's not a lot of vehicles to begin with, so they don't have smog problems. You know. <laughs> so... And then there's a lot of guys here that will have a place in Arizona and register the car in Arizona. Cause I, I think registration over there for a vehicle is like, like 20 or $40 for a year or two, you know? And over here it's like, uh, I think I pay about 80 bucks for registration on the Cornette, which, you know, I don't even, I don't drive it daily. It's like, I don't know. It seems kind of lame. It's, it's like, Tax
0: gouging, you know. Oh yeah, but- <laughs> that's their favorite way to. <laughs> I just, I just hope and get out of. Hope you know, because I thing that I see, and I love it, but I-, I, I shouldn't say hate it. I love it, worries me at the same time, and that's ratty muscle cars because now I've seen the prices of ratty muscle cars, you know, that's you know need- needs restoration but runs in drives. I've been seeing the steadily climb, and I'm like, oh. Sh- you know what I mean? Because for a while, it hadn't, like, it, it, you know, roadkill, but they really, really that little, that niche up that we had, you know, that secret niche of we'll drive, you know, the fatty and enjoy them. And now everybody's like, bad so now you see the prices of those things getting crazy. But I don't know. I hope uh, that they still are attainable in the future. We'll see. I hope you guys enjoyed part one of the live stream replay. Part two will be out next week. Special thanks to Johnny Mopar for being my accomplice. Hemi Bill, Bud Mac, Blake, and Matt for joining us on the show. You can find Johnny Mopar on YouTube under Johnny Mopar. You can find Hemi Bill at hemibill.com, Bud Mac at Muscle Car Syndicate on Instagram, Blake at DIYHemi.com, and at DIYHemi on social media. And last, but most certainly not least, Matt Monroe at Big Blocks Garage on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to check out his podcast, Mad Pro Monroe on Big Blocks Garage, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, thank you to those of you who joined us in the chat. This was just the first of many live streams that you will find from Talking Mopars. Many more are on the way. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars Direct Connections is in the books. For everything you need to know about this podcast, please visit TalkingMopars.com. And don't forget that you can send me your Mopar stories, questions, comments, complaints, suggestions, and everything else on your Mopar-addicted mind to Chris at TalkingMopars.com. Or leave me a voice message on my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR to hear yourself on the show. Special thanks to Hemipages.com and, of course, DIYHemi.com. One last thing before we go, if you'd like to help support Talking Mopars, jump on over to TalkingMopars.com and check out the Talking Mopars merch shop. There you're going to find all the current Talking Mopars merch like t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, stickers, and more. Plus, there are finally new designs up for you to check out, so go take a look by snagging yourself some Talking Mopars merch. Not only can you get yourself some cool stuff, but you're also helping me to keep the wheels turning and the engine running on this podcast each and every week, so thank you for that. In addition to talking Mopar's merchandise, I'd also like to talk about the newest way that you can help support the show, and that's the Mopar Hunters Facebook fan subscriptions. And I'm still ironing out all the details of the exclusive content that I'm going to provide to all my subscribers on the Mopar Hunter Facebook page, but what I can tell you is that for only $4.99 a month, I'm going to be providing all of the following, at least one bonus episode of the podcast every month, in addition to all the free episodes that you're going to get. One bonus live stream per month. Also, a special discount code for the merch shop. If you're a subscriber, you're gonna get a special discount. Exclusive monthly giveaways only for subscribers. I've decided that it would be cool to give away merch and some other cool stuff. As time goes on and we get more subscribers, the more subscribers I have, the cooler stuff I'll be able to give away. Also, you're going to get access to the Mopar Hunters Association, which is the exclusive Facebook group for subscribers of the Mopar Hunter. I'm also going to be providing exclusive video content and also bonus Facebook posts exclusively for subscribers of the show of the other stuff I find while hunting Mopars on the interwebs, like Mopar collectibles, Mopar parts, and even some of the cars that I don't share publicly on Facebook. There's going to be a ton of extra content and more to be determined as time goes on and I develop the subscriber benefits. But for now, $4.99 4.99 a month, which is like a dollar 25 a week, gets you all of that stuff and probably more as time goes on. More details are going to be coming soon on the benefits of subscribing to the Mopar Hunter in episodes to come, but if you want to get a head start, head on over to the Mopar Hunter on Facebook and hit the big blue button that says become a supporter. It's only 4.99 a month and like I said, it's like a buck 25 a week and you can cancel anytime, but I would really love it if you join me on this journey because I'd love to be able to take the show on the road to shows and events near you, and we can talk Mopars face-to-face. I've actually talked about this in previous episodes, that I want to take the show on the road. And the only way I'll ever be able to do any of these things is with your help and support by ordering merch or becoming a subscriber to the Mopar Hunter on Facebook. Your support helps me in my efforts to not only maintain this podcast as the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth, but also to be able to provide me with the means to grow it even more and provide more great Mopar content for you, my friends, and fellow Mopar enthusiasts. So thank you for your continued support. No Mopar left behind. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars, Direct Connections.
1: Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next
0: time, remember, no Mopar left behind.